first. Welcome back, freaks, to another episode of the new and improved Off the Dome podcast. Like always, I am your host, Matt Dezee. Now, to give you a little context on what this podcast is all about, long story short, it's basically on whatever I want it to be on, with no outline for what to discuss, and with no boundaries, everything and anything off the dome is allowed, yeah, and only time tell where the conversation will go. And like always, if you do enjoy this podcast, please like and share it to help a brother out with trying to pursue the very, very irrational dream of becoming the greatest podcast ever. It would be greatly appreciated, y'all. For my guest today, I have a man who is larger than life itself, Mr. Nasty Nate Nixon, who is a professional wrestler in Alberta and Western Canada. And my man's he is one of the most interesting individuals I have met in my life. And I do highly recommend giving this dude a follow on social media because my god, he is interesting as fuck. <laughs> Anyways though, I had a freaking blast recording this podcast and I really hope you enjoy the podcast. But like always, I will shut up so you folks can enjoy this magnificent podcast with the glorious Mr. Nasty Nate Nixon. Escape reality with Matt Z. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. Everybody, welcome back to another episode on Off the Dome Podcast. This is one I've been looking forward to. Mr. Nasty Nate Nixon is in the motherfucking building. Thank you you so much for coming, man. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Thank you, thank you. This has been such a long time in the making. Um, First things first, man, how are you enjoying Alberta? This is like a... Like, it's a crazy time to be living here. Fantastic. But. Restrictions are lifted, so we're wrestling shows are in full attendance now. The weather's miserable. Yesterday, it was freezing. Today, I didn't have to wear a winter jacket, so why do I live where the air hurts my face? Because it's where I was born, but hey, can't complain. It's Alberta. It's fantastic. How has COVID affected the wrestling industry? Lots of ways. So, I... Uh, So living in Alberta, we've been very, very lucky because when the first shutdowns happened, like everything, we were shut down for, you know, March 2020, everything happened. We we were shut down until I think June or July, but then we were allowed to open with uh, shows running at 100 fans, 100 fans, yeah, 100 fan capacity. And surprisingly, we did like not as bad as I thought. Like there was, there was like 50 plus people at these shows and now like... It's crazy to say that because the last show I wrestled at before the pandemic was it was it was a it was a show in Radway, small town. Radway's amazing, so it's a small town. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot going on, so when wrestling comes, yeah, it gets they huge. Eh? Pack the venue. Oh, so they had their commun- their agricultural center like packed with 
it had to be at least 400 people. Holy and shit. like, I'll never forget. It was where I was wrestling. I was wrestling MRB and these crazy country hicks start chanting, we want blood. He slaps me in the face at one point. We're on the top turnbuckle. He slaps me. I slap him back and they start chanting, we want blood. We want blood. And I'm like, y'all ain't getting my blood. So I slap MRB trying to make his yeah. happen and he doesn't come. But anyways, so one of my favorite shows ever. But anyways, that, that, that was the last show before COVID that I did. And that had like at least 400 people. Yeah. So you go from that to wrestling in front of 50. Yeah. How long of a break was it in between? It was, it was March until I think June or July. Okay. So June or July. Four, five, six, four, five. Yeah. Yeah, Four, five months. So it was a decent break. Um, but yeah, like it really made you appreciate and it really changed how we wrestled because like on TV, there was a lot of no wrestling in front of fans. Whereas with us, we were, we didn't quite have no fans, but there was minimal fans. Yeah. So you don't get the same reactions. You do things that you don't get the same. So it definitely changed a lot of how, how we wrestled. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. have that crowd to feed off of as much. Yeah. So you got to find that within what yeah. you're feeding off of, yeah. you know? So it was definitely an adjustment, but I'm so happy to have people back because like, the fans are what make it. That's what makes wrestling. It's the only sport. It's the only thing where you pay your money, go to the event, and you're allowed to say, Nasty Nate, you suck and I hate you. Yeah. You go to a comedy show, you say that to whoever, you're getting tossed. Yeah. You go to you go to the hockey game and you get a little too belligerent, eventually you're getting tossed. Yeah. Bro, sit down, take it easy. You go to a drag show and yell at the drag queen, all right, sit down, bro, take it easy. What do yeah, you do? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Whereas with this, come out. Literally start chanting "Nasty Nate sucks" or whatever, and yeah. hey, I just got to deal with it and roll with it. You know what I mean? But so happy to have people back. Fuck so man, that's so happy to be back. I know you just like, what's the biggest crowd you've done? Was the four hundred the biggest? I think that might be. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, I did one show in Winnipeg. Um, I'm actually going back to Winnipeg April fifteenth for uh, WPW. They're called one of the best promotions I've been a part of. Um, and they, it was a bar. It might have been around the same four hundred, but that felt more like closed in because the Radway Agricultural Center was a big open area. Yeah. So it felt a lot more like, it felt big. Yeah. Whereas this this bar, it's called the Sherbrooke Inn, which to give you an idea, it's like the Black Dog of Edmonton. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, it's like dingy, gross, grimy, t- small. And so they sold out, which I think was around the 400 mark, but it was like people like a foot away from the ring. Holy shit. So like shit. they were like on top of you, breathing on you. Like it was crazy. Like when I walked to the ring, you're literally like, Pushing fans aside because yeah. they, they, they they put tape around the ring two feet away from the ring saying fans aren't supposed to go in there, yeah. but they did. Yeah. And so literally, like, they were on top of you. Like, I, someone chops me and my sweat flies off and it literally lands on the guy in the front Shit. row. That was, so that might have been the same number, but yeah. uh, just different experience. Bar everyone on top of you. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's fuck, awesome. man. That would be so much fun just to have, like, such a live experience like that. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people miss nowadays. Like, I know a few of my buddies, they, like, when I was working at a job and they were like, I don't know, 18 years old when COVID hit. And by the time COVID ended, they were like 19, 20. It's like, they didn't experience that year in 18 where you do some stupid shit and you fuck up. I, yeah, I had an employee, employee, uh, one of my employees who I hired, he was, it happened when he was 17. So he missed graduation. Mm. He missed a bunch of stuff, you know? Yeah. And, but hey, I'm just like, bro, make up for it now. 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 Even like now, like, so, like I have a coworker right now and so he was he's gay and like so during high school and even after high school he was so timid and just like removed himself cuz he never felt comfortable uh, with who he was yeah, yeah. but now he's like he's older than me he's 26 now 
but he's at the point where he's he feels comfortable with who he is now. Yeah. He's been able to come out and like, accept who he is and love who he is. And now he's like, fuck it, man. Like, I want to do the stuff I wanted to do when I was 18, but I didn't have the confidence to go and do it. I'm like, dude, go do that now, stuff. Do you have thing, to go do that life. stuff exactly. in life to do the stuff. And I feel like it's just such an important aspect in life to go out there and, like, fuck up. Like, you know, society's like, oh, be like protect yourself do this like don't be dumb but i'm like no you gotta be dumb you gotta, you gotta be go dumb you gotta, you gotta do you stuff gotta you don't want to do mistakes to live from you gotta face adversity all that yeah. i 100 agree one of the things that like like with myself i worked at, i managed a jewelry store for a year michael hill jewelers i managed mm. that for a year it was an awful awful experience yeah. i hated every minute of it but if it wasn't for working there i wouldn't have learned all the skills i did yeah. to get me to be a manager at popeye supplements now yeah Whereas because of all the stuff I learned there, I walked into the interview at Popeye Supplements and literally told them, like, I'm coming on because I want to be a manager here. Yeah. I have skills yeah. that I can bring to you that is better than I can almost guarantee any of your managers. Yeah. Was I a little bit of a cocky prick at the time? Yeah. But Why hey, not, clearly though? it worked out. It worked. You know what I mean? And then, But because of that, if I wasn't miserable at Michael Hill, I wouldn't have wanted to be happy and got into wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because I... I needed to be truly miserable like that to realize, like, oh crap, I gotta go and do this. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And now after working that, I've said like it's it's a thing for me. I'm never gonna let myself be that miserable again. Yeah. Whether it's a job, whatever it is, I'm. I had a job after Michael Hill where I worked at Visions Electronics. I thought maybe that could be the big job for me, but it sucked. Yeah. And I just had a thing where I was like, this is feeling like Michael Hill. Yeah. I'm gonna quit. So I quit. I ended up getting a job at David's Tea. David's tea, I made minimum wage, but you know what? I was having fun. I was enjoying it and I could go to work and I didn't have anxiety. I wasn't, there was days with Michael Hill where I hated my job so much. I was driving to Sherwood Park on the Henday and I do a turn off. This is messed up. There is legitimately multiple days where I was like, what if I just didn't turn and I just drove straight? You know what I mean? What if I just drove into the ditch? Yeah. And then I thought about it. I was like, apparently, shit. The, apparently those thoughts are like a lot more common. I believe it. Yeah. Like crazy <laughs> anxiety thoughts. I'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so I'm sitting there and then, but then my thought process is like, shit, I would make a big thing out of it. I would get like, it would get, my car would get removed and I'd have to pay for that, but I'd have to go to work the next day. Boom. Yeah, you could probably shit. get three days off right shit. there. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, I like, absolutely. Ah. But the fact that I'm thinking about this isn't good. So yeah. then, yeah, that's what made me realize I had to get out of there and i'm just i'm never gonna be never gonna let myself be that miserable again yeah. no matter what you know yeah. what i mean control absolutely. your take control of your happiness and things. absolutely and i feel like I, i'm assuming you found that with pro wrestling where it's just like granted like there are gonna be stuff in life or times in life you have to do things you don't want to do and especially when you're pursuing a dream like wrestling yeah. it's like because that's gonna be like that's your quote unquote five to nine wrestling yeah. but like your nine to five like you still have to pay the bills you still have to provide for yourself you still have to provide for your loved ones and it's like in my perspective it's work the nine to five and then have a five to nine which then eventually turn the five to nine will turn to your exactly. nine to five right? and that's so it's about right sacrifices now. but yeah and that's yeah. the goal right now that was my thing when i got into wrestling obviously i want to get signed i want to win all the championship but my thing getting into wrestling was i want to I want to do this full time. I want this to be my living. You know yeah. what I mean? And so obviously everyone wants to get signed by WWE and AEW and win all the championships. And obviously that's what I want to do. But like I want to make money. Even that's becoming a renowned, a big indie guy. And just, you know, but I'm able to do this full time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty sweet. But even right now, I got to say, I'm very happy where I'm at. 
just yeah. like working at Popeye supplements. I have a fantastic gig. I love, um, I love selling supplements. I love teaching people stuff. It's very rewarding having people come back and tell you, Oh man, that thing you told me to take just got me feeling so much better now. Blah, 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 blah. That's true. Yeah. A really good thing with that. They're very flexible. Um, and then I'm loading myself up on supplements to be the best yeah, possible vaccinated I can possibly man. be jacked <laughs> up and juicy AF, right? Yeah, absolutely, my dude. <laughs> but I think that's just such an important thing in life, though. Just, like, go through that struggle. Go through those things that you don't want to do. And and one thing that I've noticed is within the first five minutes of you waking up, you know if you love your life or not. Oh, absolutely. If your alarm goes yeah. off and you're like, fucking, uh, all right. Granted, like, I'm terrible with my alarm. I hit snooze a lot. But nobody like, wants to wake up. Exactly. But it's, how do you feel about yeah. approaching the rest of the day? Exactly. You know I mean? Are you excited to get up? And Are you that's excited the thing. To get yeah, when I wake going? up, I'm excited. Like, I'm maybe not excited to go to work, but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not that pit of anxiety of, oh, God, I have to. It's, and that's well, the let's big go. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's finding that. Yeah. It's like I was saying, like, if you don't, you got to... YOLO is very cringy and a lot of people hate it, but I love it because mm-hmm. you do only live once yeah. and you have to chase your dreams. You got to do your thing, whether that's whatever it is. You want to get the thing, do the stuff, do it, chase it, try it. Because if you don't, someone else will. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You be the one to do it. Don't let that other person do it. Yeah. That's something I solidly very much believe in. Like if you're, if you don't do it, someone else will and you got no one to blame but you. So go out there and fucking do it. Go and do so it. at least, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you get into pro wrestling? Because I feel like that's such a, such a, granted, I'm a fucking podcaster, so that's nah, unorthodox as fuck. Into things but weird, like, how did yeah. you get into the so pro wrestling? So for me, it was, uh, it was through Nate, actually. So through Nate, I, when I was attending Nate, I was doing TV broadcasting. And in the third semester, you produce uh, a weekly news show that airs on CTV2 called Nate Newswatch. Probably the cringiest cringiest name ever. Nate News Watch. (laughs) Local news. But it airs on CTV too. Nobody watches it except for the staff, students, and our parents. Because first of all, who gets the the CTV2 channel? Not even though there was a second CTV channel. Exactly. (laughs) But hey, it's a big thing they do that makes the students feel like, oh, this is professional. This is cool. We have deadlines. We have to get it in. It doesn't really matter. But that being said, it's a great learning experience. And so part of that is every, every week... Uh, for eight weeks, we all take different roles in the show, right? So one week, for example, someone's the director who sits up in the booth when we're recording and, you know, camera one, go camera two, go camera three. They're also in charge of getting, you know, two stories. For me, um, I was sports one week. And so when you're the sports reporter, you have to do something called an end zone challenge where basically you go out to something and teach the audience how to do something. So my buddy, Kevin Bain, he basically... Uh, contacted our buddy Eric Taylor, who pretty sweet local boxer, and taught him how to throw a proper boxing hook. Yeah, just something simple. Simple. They went to the uh, they went to the boxing gym, and he showed him how to throw a right hook and a jab. Or something. Yeah. totally getting those wrong. A hook and a yeah. jab. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, he showed him how to throw those. One girl taught people how to do a slap shot. Kevin's was solid. The boxing one was lame. The slap shot, or sorry, Kevin's the boxing one was awesome. Yeah. The hockey one was lame, but I was like, hey, I got to do something with this. So I had slowly been getting back into wrestling as an adult because I'd been working at Moore's at the time. And one of the girls there, Nancy was her name, I believe. She liked wrestling. and she So she would always just put it on the TV. Oh, and so shit. I hadn't watched wrestling since I was like a ch- like 12, yeah, 11, like yeah. Benoit days. Yeah, we, all, we all go through those. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I hadn't watched it all, but then she just had it on. And I looked and it was Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were on a whole bunch. And I was like, interesting and it started to get me like back into it i started youtubing watching podcasts and stuff but then anyways 
I was with this end zone challenge. I was like, is there a way I could do like something with pro wrestling? Interesting, so yeah. I did some Googling and I asked around and there was a guy in the semester below me. I was third semester, he was second semester. Alex Brewer. I owe getting into wrestling to Alex Brewer yeah. because I asked him, hey man, do you know of any local promotions? Or he got into contact with me because he heard I was... I can't remember how it happened, but yeah. he told me to get into contact with MPW. So I contact MPW, Monster Pro Wrestling. Yeah. They do weekend training camps. I contact Massive Damage. And he says, I tell him that I'm part of a news program, what I want to do, everything like that. So he says, come on out for our weekend training camp. Yeah. Normally it's 300 bucks. I'll do. I'll let you do it for free. All I ask is that you make like make us like a two minute like commercial if you yeah. can like some sort of commercial oh you give me something i give you something. exactly yeah, 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 and i was yeah, like yeah. absolutely no problem because yeah. it's marketing promotional stuff for them yeah. so we go out there and it was at gold's gym at the time which it was gold's gym westmount and that was like it was so cool oh that's like was, crunch fitness now isn't it it was I a think, badass right? gym and they had this upstairs area and yeah. there's two wrestling rings up there two wrestling really rings. and it was so sick because like you could literally get like a sick pump at gold's gym which is like for wrestling like gold's gym is the place yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah so you go there and then go up and train but anyway so we do that and yeah we did the we we did the two weekend course i had my my classmates kevin fariel and sydney come and film and it was a wild weekend and after like six hours of training i wrestled a god-awful match against the irishman where basically i just kind of like we put it, it was so bad. It's not a match, but it is a match. So yeah. that's like, that's like, like I have this thing where I'm like, oh, it was such a piece of trash. But at the end of the day, I stumbled through like a, it was literally like a four minute thing, a four minute match where I got beat by the Irishman. But like, it was a thing. Like yeah. it was a passable, we start, there's a beginning, middle and end yeah. and I lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and again, of course I'm going to lose within two minutes. He's a freaking 300 pound Irishman. Oh, fuck. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he beat the crap out of me. Yeah. But again, we did it, it was done in such a way that, you know, makes them look really good and then at the end the camera's recording and i'm all oh, thanks for tuning into nate this pro wrestling thing's harder than it looks for nate Newswatch. i'm nathan spence and it was oh, fantastic yeah but at that thing i had lots of guys coming up to me throughout all the training through the two days and being like man like you should consider this oh really man, like, you should, yeah man, like you're really picking things up naturally and i had the coach massive you have to do a flat back bump so you take two steps take a bump and I picked That's it just up, landing, landing just landing on your yeah. back, yeah. And I picked it up really well because I saw how he was doing it. Now he just, no regard, just kicked back and went. And my thinking was, well, if this almost fifty-year-old man is doing it, I'll be fine. Yeah. So just commit and do it. And I, and I, I loved it because I liked wrestling as a kid. Yeah. And I have people tell me, man, you should consider it. You should consider it. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to be TV broadcasting. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm not right. stepping exactly. in the ring. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, fast forward, I end up towards the end of my nate i end up doing the end zone challenge it was fantastic the teacher loved it um i got great marks on it it was like i'm gonna be but i'm biased obviously but it was the best end zone challenge that school has ever Boom. seen you Mike got drop. kids oh, Mike drop. oh fuck i'll this town i'll take it uh whatever <laughs> but uh but uh yeah you have like you go from kids teaching how to throw a shoot a slap shot and like yeah. stupid stuff like that to like here's an intro to professional wrestling yeah. in the video massive who's famous first chops gives me yeah. a big massive chop in the video you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. everyone in my class is like whoa that's crazy yeah and like yeah so i ended up not pursuing it then because in my head at the time i was like i'm still going to do tv broadcasting mm -hmm. so i end up going i end up not doing that i end up off getting offered money and going to michael hill jewelers reason why i did that is because 
So with TV broadcasting, they would take us to different, like, global news, for example. Yeah. It's really discouraging when you go to global news and you want to work in that industry. And every single person they introduce you to, every single person they introduce you to, all the name names, Gord Steinke, Nancy Carlson, the sports guy who I'm blanking on right now. Yeah. (laughs) Every single person we met on that global news thing made the joke of... My team, we would get issues. Oh, these are TV and broadcasting students. Any tips for them? Every, I need to stress this. Every single person we met at Global News made the joke. Oh, find another industry. Oh, get out of this industry. Oh, go into radio. Oh, get a real job. Oh, do something else. Why? What's the? Because that was prime transitionary phase. People don't watch news anymore. True. Yeah, so you can fair. go onto Amazon right now and you can watch Global Edmonton, Global Calgary, Global whatever. Basically how they do it now is it's much more like centralized and they film it mm. with like, basically they would go through and they would have a room that does all the graphics for Edmonton. Well, that's not, this room is empty now and all that's done in Toronto. You'd go oh. to another room where they would do editing and stuff like that. Oh, that's not done here now. That's done in Toronto. Oh. Oh, that's not done here now. So you have this big, massive global news building. That's maybe 15% used. Where really? so much of it is like there's a big student. Oh, yeah, we don't use this Makes anymore. Makes sense, though. Oh, yeah, we yeah. don't use it anymore. Because, again, how do people consume media? People consume podcasts. People consume that. I don't listen to the radio anymore, no. but I'll listen to my podcast. Yeah. If I'm watching news, if, li- if, if I want news, I'm going to scroll Twitter, and I'll find someone who's posted a two-minute story like they would post on the news, but I'm not appointment viewing, sitting down and watching an hour of the news yeah. for the stories. I'm going to scroll through as things are happening and hear about it and yeah. watch you know, still global news will post a two-minute story about it, yeah. but I'm going to watch that. I'm not sitting down and watching an hour of news. Oh, especially post-COVID, man. Oh, especially. I will never turn into the news because it's just an hour of COVID. Exactly. And it's like as much, I'm like all for COVID. I was all for the safety precautions, whatever it is. But it's just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm tired of hearing COVID. I'm tired of hearing that, the numbers all the that. time. It's just, it's the appointment viewing of it, right? It's yeah. how we consume content. People don't, the only thing people appointment view now, the only thing that you can get people to schedule to sit down at a time and watch is live sports. Yes. It is the only thing because if I don't, the result will happen and I'll miss out on the result. Exactly, yeah. For a while, we used to say it was politics and sports. Well, now with this last election cycle, we found out that you don't need live, like live politics mm-hmm. still draw, but not, not to the extent we thought they would. Why? Because rather than tuning in to watch Tucker Carlson, I can just watch his thing on Facebook yeah. or on Twitter. I can watch his two-minute video or I can go to YouTube and watch, you know, whatever CBC, yeah. CBS news posts, I can watch their hour-long broadcast on YouTube at my leisure. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sit down from 6 to 7 and watch yeah. it. I can watch 15 minutes while I'm at work. I can watch, listen to it yeah. in the drive home. I can consume it different. And we were at the prime when, that, when I was in school. That's when that transition was really just yeah. happening. So if I could do it all again, I would do radio broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Because fast forward to now, podcasting Huge. is where it's at. Yeah. Because even this, even this, this is mostly podcast, but you're just recording it. Yeah, the audio so doesn't simple. matter as, or the video doesn't matter as, as much. much yeah. Whereas when you put this out there, if the audio shit, that's instantly where people will yeah. tune out. People will watch a video with crap quality and deal with it. Yeah. But if the audio's down, I'm checked out. Yeah, checked I'm, out, I'm, gone. I'm automatically checked out. Yeah. And so we were at that time where it was really this weird transitionary phase. And so you go to these news stations and they're dealing with it. These broadcasters are literally seeing all their best friends get fired, lose their jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're barely hanging on. Yeah. And so the, I, I understand why they're like, oh, get another career. That makes so much Pick sense, yeah. So I did. 
So I was offered the Michael Hill job, took it. Now, that being said, I was so miserable, but it made me realize I don't ever want to be miserable like this again. I'm never going to be miserable like this again. What do I got to do? I got to pursue the thing that I want to do because if I don't, someone else is going to do it. Fuck it. I'm going to do wrestling. Yeah. So fast forward about a year and a half after the original thing in uh, at Nate. Fast forward about a year and a half after that. I'd been working at Michael Hill for a year and it was the last couple months of me working there and I just... I started to kill it. I'll be honest. I was struggling at the beginning of Michael yeah. Hill, which was part of why I really, really hated it. But then towards my last six months, I was slaying it. Yeah. I was selling just, I had a big overage and it, doing well is what made me realize I can quit because I was like, you know what? Like I can do this. It helped me get confidence back. Yeah. Whereas before when I was really struggling, I was like, bro, I can't even sell. I can't even sell. I can't sell jewelry. How am I going to sell? Yeah. How can I do anything? Yeah. It really started to mess with me. Then I got that up. You're down and I was yourself. Like, and your head, and I was yeah. like, no, you know what? I can do this. I can do wrestling. You know what? I, I have to give this a try. Yeah, so not? I quit because their hours weren't going to do it for me blindsided my boss i'll never forget oh, really quitting. i'll never forget quitting because he was like a young bro from ontario and we were like the two young bros yeah. and like and like he had been talking about like just he had been planning stuff and he was sitting there in the office and i'd never quit a job before like that like the, the like, quitting a job is yeah and so he, i'll shit. never forget it because he had his back to me he had his back to me in our little office and he was counting cash and he was doing something i think he was counting cash and i was stood there and i had my resume or i had my resignation yeah. letter and i was like and I just breathe, and he's like, yeah, so I think we'll do this, and then, you know, with the training of the staff, turn, he turns around, and I have the piece of paper in my hand, and he just, blah, 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 oh. He's like, oh, what's and going he just on says, oh. And he just says, oh, and I said, Brendan, it's been an awesome run, I really like you, but I am so fucking miserable here, yeah. I can't do this anymore. And he's like, okay. And he took it, eh? Fair enough. And he just took it. Because it was the thing with him, and respect to him, it was once I said I was miserable. Yeah. It was once I said I was miserable. Now, the funny thing about him, this guy had moved to Ontar- moved here from Ontario just for this job. He had met, worked at a Michael Hill there, and they offered uh... him, hey, we'll give you your own store in Alberta. He moved his girlfriend of, like, three months. His girlfriend had only been dating three months, and they moved out here. Shit. Crazy. Fast forward to now, they're married. Um, there you go. Crazy. Works out then. Crazy. Works out. There you go. But, 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 like, this guy devoted so much to it. And I was like, and he seemed so bought into it. I was like, there's no way. Like, how can you actually be, like, so, like, bro? But he was. Yeah. I quit. Three months later, he quits. Really? And I really, like, I'm not going to take were you got Were you guys, it. like, close? We were, we were like, yeah. we were, like, he's the guy. I spent the most time with this guy. Yeah. He was a young bro. Very, he was only, like, three years older than me. Yeah. But he was kind of a, he was a robot. He had, like, shark eyes. He was a robot. But he was, he was a machine. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like. I, I, I hope and I think that like because I know he was very he's messaged me like after like a year after the fact be like hey bro it's so great to see you like still doing wrestling because I told him that that I told him at the time I'm quitting this job to go do this yeah, you know what I mean yeah. and I know that with them in the community of Michael you know they were probably like Ugh, this guy like any job oh you're quitting to <laughs> go <laughs> pursue this <laughs> no, <laughs> idiot yeah. yeah no except I've actually done it now yeah. you know what I mean and so for him he had quit after like th- I think it was only three months and moved back to Ontario because he clearly wasn't happy either. Yeah. So I'd like to think and hope that maybe me doing it out of nowhere kind of spurred him into doing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's just you got to be happy doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. I was way happier making minimum wage at David's Tea. I wasn't making money. I yeah. couldn't afford a lot, but I was happier. Happy. And that's what I did after. And I could afford to wrestle. I yeah. had the flexibility to wrestle. Yeah. And so with that, I found with wrestling, I found a sense of community, a sense of belonging somewhere that's not work that makes me feel a part of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's... I don't even know where we're going off about, but that's kind of where it's most, 
what it's most one of the things that like it's given me most is a sense of community sense of yeah. belonging. you know what i mean well, yeah and like i was talking to like i had a rapper here a few weeks ago and we were talking about and he was just like at the end of the day it's just like to find that purpose in life and have a fulfilled meaning fulfillment it's, and purpose yeah it's exactly. he's like you you want to strive waking up to work yeah it's like he's like you want to strive for something that's greater than you bigger than you because at the end of the day if you're going for something that's bigger than you that means you're growing you're, like, you're expanding in. exactly when i'm working right? out at the gym and i'm doing my cardios and stuff before i would before i was wrestling yeah. it was easy to not go you know not oh, do yeah. the extra stuff yeah. whatever hey i did enough today i don't need to do the cardio today whereas yeah. now i'm like oh no i do mm. because if i don't do that there's some other indie guy who is doing that. Yeah. If I eat like shit, there's some other indie guy who who isn't eating like mm-hmm. shit. If I don't do this, there's someone who yeah, is. You know what time, I mean? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, like it gives you that purpose, that sense of, yeah, like going for things. And that's why like, on a complete total side note, that's why like the internet in the last couple of years, I'd say, we see a lot of people diving into more, you know, making COVID their personality. Whether yeah. it's being, whether it's being pro-mask or anti-mask people are making it i'm I'm, I'm not gonna go either way yeah i'm not gonna speak to either way but i'm just saying people are making it this is a thing me and my girlfriend quinlan talk a lot about people are making their personality because it's helping them find a niche it's helping them find a sense of belonging whether you're anti-mask you're or anti-vaccine whatever you find a group of people that are like-minded and all believe in similar things with you and it's a group that's not your work it's not work. So it's a group outside mm-hmm. where people reaffirm. They make you feel good, sense of belonging. Yep. Just like to the other extreme, people who are so pro-mask and pro-vaccine yeah. and pro-everything. Yeah. They have the sounding, but they have all the same people on Twitter either way who they put something out there. Oh, I want to be pro-mask forever. Yeah. You have 6,000 people liking that. Well, sweet. This is, you know. Confirmation it's, bias. It's, a sense, it's also a sense of belonging. It's a community yeah. of people who think like me, yeah. which a lot of people don't have that in their daily lives because they don't. A lot of people, lot of people go to work, come home, watch TV, and that's it. You know what yeah. I mean? They don't have a, a sense of community, a sense of belonging. So COVID... Either way, whichever way you want to go, has given a lot of people that I find. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why like well, social media, like we were talking about, has become so polarizing now polarized. because it's like because it's like, you know, and there's smarter people who can talk about it than us. But you know, it that's just one thing I truly believe or feel like is like there's you know, it gives you that sense of belonging. Yeah. Whatever you want to believe, you can find that sense of community yeah. belonging where everyone will reinforce whatever your thoughts are. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, the reinforcing of it, like confirmation bias. And it's like, if you watch American politics for 30 seconds, like you'll get it right away. It's, it's red versus blue. It's left versus whereas, right. Whereas with me, it's fucked. I've been lucky enough to have to have wrestle, a wrestling community where, again, if you want, we can talk about that. But it's a sense of belonging for me where I feel included and a sense of community that's nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like more people need that. My girlfriend, Quitlin, played roller derby for a long time. That's Again, interesting. Yeah. wild, but a sense of community, a sense of belonging that her and all those other women would go to yep. that wasn't their work, that yep. wasn't something else. That was, a, it was, it was, it gave them purpose. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. working towards that. Well, I feel like when like you that. do it like that, like even with sports or like anything you do outside of work besides politics, like you get people from different perspectives and different backgrounds and you learn from it. And that's when I've learned And they put that politics and shit aside to yeah. come together for something bigger than themselves. Exactly. One of the most fascinating things is like an NFL team. You have 53 dudes in there who... Some are going to be vaxxed. Some are going to be not. Yeah. Some are raised on the streets of Compton. Some are raised in the rich-ass streets of, I don't the Vermont. You yeah, know I mean? exactly. But yeah. they can all put everything aside and come together and for that, that one goal. Yeah. And that's what makes wrestling, like, again, so wild to me is you have the wildest group of gypsies, thieves, and tramps yeah. all in a room together. But we all come together 
put differences aside to work towards the goal of putting yeah. on an awesome show, giving the best we can. Well, I feel know? like in pro wrestling, it's like there's so many eccentric type of individuals out there <clears> because <throat> they all have their own characteristics. They all have their own personality. They all have their own performance that they put on. But then somehow, like through this difference of like ideologies and ways they wrestle and like just personalities, like you have this cohesion yeah. on the ring that just and looks so of, beautiful. There's like, there's like politics, but not like here. Like when I say that, I mean like, you know, how I see wrestling and how my opponent sees wrestling can be different. Yeah. So how I might want to do things and how he wants to do things can be different. Mm-hmm. You got to balance that, compromise, make it yeah. work. And that's what makes it so fun is just like working with stuff like that. Yeah. How do you, how do you guys do that? Like, how do you guys have that cohesion in the ring? Especially when you don't have, like you guys are putting on 45 minute yeah. shows and it's like, I'm on a podcast here. I'm doing it for like, I don't know, 45 to an hour, and I'm like fucking overwhelmed, but it's nothing compared to how yeah, much goes on. I mean, it's like, what's that it communication like? Training early, it really, if you get a good trainer early, can uh, that makes a world of difference. A lot of it is, in, like, I don't, a lot of it is, yeah, just feeling it when you're out there. You know mm. what I mean? There's, you have a strategy and a plan of attack, but a lot of times that can go out the window, and so it's just, feeling it out there with the other person and just yeah. going with it you know i'm not gonna lie i've had moments where like i wanted to run out the building minutes before my match mm-hmm. i was wrestling josh alexander who's like the biggest name i've wrestled he's wrestling for the impact world championship april 23rd yeah. at impact sacrifice i was wrestling him two years ago october 30th 2019 and i almost ran out of the building really? like, i'm not even kidding because i'm like this guy's legit this guy's like a name. We're wrestling a 30-minute main event. Like, oh, oh pressure my God. Stuff, yeah. I'm so scared. I literally, I'm not kidding. I thought about running out the door. I yeah. thought about running out the door, but I'm like, I can't because then, like, he'll hate me. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. But you just go through the adversity, buck up and do it. And luckily, yeah. I have him who's an expert, you know what I mean, helping me through, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. made it. It was amazing. But, like, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to face it dive yeah. right in and go yeah. through it you know what i mean Dude, just hope you absolutely. know what you do and hope it hope you can bust those things yeah. out when you need well yeah. i feel like like it's so like playing football like i was very similar it's like before the game like i'd be anxious i'd be like fuck 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 you have and, all and the you, game plan yeah. out the window you can have your first yeah. seven plays scripted beautifully but your quarterback throws an interception everything everything out, the, out window. the window and it's like everything's out the window and like for myself man i'll be like sitting there sometimes before the game like how the fuck can I get out of this game right now? Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, it's just so much easier just to run away, but it's just like you've gone too far. You can't do it. Exactly. But then, like, one thing that I keep remembering is just, like, the second that ball is kicked and the second you touch the field, or even, like, podcasts, the yeah. second I sit down get going. and I get going, all out the window, yeah. and you just get into this, like, flow state where you just enjoy the moment. 100%. Like, and I'm assuming wrestling is very like similar to very, that, like, I feel like that's a very, like, anxiety thing in general with, yeah. with people. Like, even today, even today, I was like, I had anxiety just coming over to do this podcast. Yeah. And I was like, well, do I? I was like, no, like, just shut up and do it, and it's going to yeah. be a fun time. And it wasn't, like, anything against you or anything in general. It's 100%. Just like, it's just, we're, it's just in general, you yeah, know we're what I mean? programmed like, that way. Yeah, because yeah, like through evolution, like, we're programmed to avoid anything that can cause any danger. You our know main what goal I mean? Survival. Set us up for anything, so yeah. But like just going and doing stuff makes it. So sorry. What was the question about the wrestling? Uh, uh, what was the question? Did you oh, have the actual question? No. I don't even know. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's just yeah with um, yeah. I oh, getting into like the flow state with oh like, the wrestling. yeah yeah one hundred percent yeah no it is it is that where a lot of times the nerves 
you can be very overwhelmed and things like that. But once that bell rings, you just have just go. to go out there. You know you what I mean? Go. It takes over. You just fly on autopilot and yeah. just do what you know. You know yeah. what I mean? And just go. go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know like even like this morning, like when you're coming over, you're like, oh, I'll text you when I'm on my way. And part of me was like, you know, I'm getting set up and everything. I'm like checking my phone. I'm like, my head, the back of my head, I'm like, you know, if you just say, hey, I can't come today, I'd be like, okay, cool. Literally, that's the exact same thing. I'm like, totally. That's in the back of my mind. Like, for mine, it was like, what if I just said, what if I just, like, "Ah, can we reschedule? Yeah. I'll do it another day. And then I can stay home and play Elden Ring for three hours. No. Shut up. I play video games too. Just go out there. It'd be nice. Put in the hour. Well, and it's like, it's just weird because it's nothing, but you get these things in your brain. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Anxiety, stupid. Yeah, just questioning yourself. I feel like, but I feel like that's why sports is so important. Because I was talking to my former boss about this. Because he's just like, because like he's like, oh, I really like that you're in sports, and like because at the end of the day, to be good in sales, like you just have to put yourself out there and you have to overcome that <laughs> sense of rejection. That that's the biggest. And like thing. sports teaches you to be like, hey, you got to do this. That was a, you're letting your team. That down. was a big thing. Michael Hill taught me is rejection. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned at Michael Hill um, was one of the sales things they talked about was collecting the nose. Mm-hmm. You got to change your mindset and not look at it. And this was at the jewelry store, not look at it as you're trying to collect people to say, yes, you're trying to collect the nose because if I get 15 people, if I give 15 awesome presentations and get 15 people and 15 people still say no, well, eventually someone's going to say yes. Yeah. That 16th person is probably going to say yes. So this guy would go out and he would, his mindset was, well, I'm looking, I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm going to try to collect no's because eventually if I'm doing the best I can. I'll collect a yes. And that one yes can weigh out the no. Yeah. And so it's also switching your mind to be okay with the rejection. Yeah. Of, I'm going to get rejected a bunch of times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's a thing where, um, I just like working with a team that helps out so much with, Wrestle, uh, with wrestling when you're reaching out to promoters and they nah not right now not taking it personally and just you know yeah. seeing things for what they are not worse than they are yeah that's absolutely. something that uh i've been listening to a, a wrestling seminar guy i want to, he might not like that i'm giving this away jared ganham he does uh i recommend any pro wrestler do this sign up for him he does these uh it's this squared circle group on facebook and it's basically how wrestlers can become better professional wrestlers interesting but yeah. he doesn't talk about anything in the ring he talks about oh. like but the number one, the thing I signed up for is double your bookings. So it's basically like an eight-week program with a with hours and hours and hours of amazing video seminars talking about how to double your bookings. How, okay, talking about yeah. and a big thing he talks about is you're gonna face rejection. Mm-hmm. He can he'll show you a template of how to write the perfect booking email. But at the end of the day, if that company doesn't have room for you, it's not a thing personal. Yeah. It's just you know what I mean. But be okay with that. Don't get shut down by it yeah. and keep sending out reach out to them again Absolutely. next month until yeah. they tell you yeah. and, until they tell you we don't want to book you anymore yeah. because chances are if you collect if you keep reaching out to them every month at the fourth month they're gonna be like you know what let's just bring this guy out here give him a let's shot, just bring whatever. this guy out here and give him a yeah. shot because he, he wants to do it that's why i hired uh one of my employees aj i've told her this her resume was meh her yeah. interview was meh but she followed up with me three times she called oh. me the next day then I, and then I said, well, we're still doing some interviews, so I'll let you know. She called me on Friday. I said, I've got one more interview. I'll let you know Monday. She called me again on Monday saying, hey. And I was like, my other candidates were like, okay. Like, they were all in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, really yeah. better than the other. But I was like, this chick wants to work here and is following up with me. 
let's do it. Thing. And from her perspective, she collected the nose. She collected three nose, and then well, more nose. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collected them, and then eventually, because she kept going at it, well, you know what? This person wants it. Let's give them that chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, as much as like as sales can be very greasy at times and pushy, it's such an important aspect that I think a lot of people have to learn. Because like even my one buddy, like, I was talking to him last night about this, and he's like. There's something about like asking a girl out or asking for a sale, whatever it is, all these scary moments. And he's like, what he started doing is just like looking for small rejections. Nothing yeah. big, but just to go to like, say, go to Starbucks and be like, hey, can I have a discount on my coffee? Hey, yeah. can I just have these small things? Because you get so used he to that did, uncomfortableness. He, he, might, he might be reading a book or two. Uh... Yeah, he, it was from a book. I forget what it was it called, might be, though. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it sounds like. I don't think it was. Something. That book was the brought game. up, but it wasn't. It was, was it another the game book, by though. Neil Strout? No. Anyways, I've yeah, heard that in the book. So, yeah, I've heard that yeah. in the book. Win, uh, I've read How to Win Friends and Influence People. That one's got a bit of a bad rap in 2022. I don't know why. Have you read that one? I've read it. Because yeah, yeah. I was I heard it on a podcast yesterday. I was like, okay, I want to. And that one's fantastic one. because yeah. again, again, the title of the book makes it sound worse. Corny. How to Win Friends yeah, and Influence it's so, People. It's such corny. But then people also don't like because oh, you're manipulating people. It's not manipulating people. It's just like how to get people. How to get people to do stuff for you and want to do stuff for yeah. you. So at the end of the day, the number one thing is if I make you feel good, you're going to want to do stuff for me. Yeah, If exactly. I make you feel good about it. So just little things. Please and thank you every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rewarding for sure. you for doing it. For you sure. know what I mean? Like positive affirmation. Yeah. All these things. And he does talk about like how to get better at talking to people. And one of the things, might have been the game he read, is facing the rejections. Is yeah, that because, from a guy from the CIA? Okay, I'm thinking because of a he was, The book that he was talking about was... Essentially, just being like how to um, how to become likable. Yeah, and it was from a CIA okay, guy yeah, from yeah. who was with the CIA. Be cool with rejection. Yeah, and like they were talking about, he was doing this one thing where they had this like competition where they're at a bar and there was a female across the bar. Yeah, and they said, "I'll give you an hour without talking to that female. Do you think you can get her to come have a drink with us?" And forty-five minutes later, this female comes over and has huh. a drink with them. And he's like talking about how like they're talking about this in the book and shit like that. And he's just talking about like the like body language, how important body, body cues, language posture, is, right? And just like understanding, like just like how to interact yeah. with human mirroring, beings. At the end that's of the, the day. thing we would talk about in sales a lot: is mirroring someone. Start mirroring your customers. So if he's standing yeah. hand on his hips, you copy him, and then eventually you'll you'll you've maintained control of the situation when you go like this, and he starts mirroring you. Yeah. And like it just it's the the confidence, the thing like that. Um, something they taught us on Michael Hill is getting getting them to agree with you three times on something before the sale. Because if you can get them during the sale to agree with you three times, yep. you've got a lot better chance to get them to actually agree to yes. the sale at the end. You yes. know what I mean? The rejection thing, I love that. I love, I love that because I think more people, like, just be good with dealing with rejection. Because if you're, if you're okay with saying, can I get a discount on my coffee? It's so ridiculous. You're not going to. Yeah. But if they say no... What's what's the worst that can happen? They yeah. say no. You yeah. know what I mean? What's the say, worst that yeah, can worth happen? Yeah, worth a shot. That's the worst that exactly. can happen. Yeah. But we get like so like, yeah, no, books, yeah, how to influence and influence people, really good. I also, uh, I read this, my boss from Michael Hill actually got me it when I worked there and I still read it. It's called the Maxwell Daily Reader. It's basically yeah. 365 pages every day, it, one, one page for each day. It's a yeah. couple paragraphs and it's basically just like, this is so like, boss bro boss boy energy yeah. but it's just like different like how to manage people and deal with things you know what yeah, i mean yeah one that i read just the other day was it's just a reminder that reminding you that all your staff deals had like has different personalities and you got to deal with them differently you know what i mean big i can't time, deal with aj time, the same way time, i deal with brooke time, i can't yeah. deal with one the way i deal with the other and stuff like that i feel like yeah self-improvement great stuff well i feel like 
at the end of the day where it's just like like i was talking like i was doing a case competition for school the other like last week and they had these females i'll be straight up honest they're kind of bitches like they're very competitive okay like, oh my gosh you gotta do better you gotta do better it's like the whole like kobe bryant michael oh, jordan yeah. mindset it's like you gotta be better it's like in the day i'm not in the fucking nba getting paid 10 million dollars a year yeah. like, chill the fuck out right but it's just like you gotta know how to handle different how people how to encourage people some people yeah. don't do well with getting screamed at exactly some, some people, people some people need the encouragement like hey let's go let's walk you through this let's have make sure you answer your i need to be firm uh, just need with. to be like fuck you get on your shit yeah, right how we deal with people yeah and it's learning stuff like that and i love it because all this sales stuff is so applicable to wrestling because it's how you deal with people how am i going to get one guy to agree to, a, yeah. to do something in the match versus another you're going to deal with people completely differently you yeah, know what i mean absolutely yeah no it's crazy i feel like just sales is just so important as much as like I don't know. I think like I'm good at sales, not to be cocky. Like I found my well, I feel like sales is weird because half the time I feel like you're not even selling the product, you're selling yourself. Exactly. If they don't trust you, they're not buying anything. Yeah, right. No, so at Michael Hill they had a whole like system and I'm gonna expose it. I don't care. Acknowledge within thirty seconds. Fuck Michael Hill. <laughs> so they show up and you want to acknowledge it. I say that, but I'm still coming to them for my wedding ring. Um so you know got that employee discount yeah, ten years yeah, later. Take care of, uh, but uh but so you acknowledge the customer within 30 seconds. So they come in within 30 seconds, you give them a, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Then the next thing in the selling system was welcome and hangout. Mm-hmm. Where basically you would want to build a rapport and you'd want to welcome them in and hang out. Now the thing that was tough and I get what they would say, but they wanted you to basically start the conversation with the customer about something that has nothing to do with, um, jewelry. So basically all, oh, if I was looking at you, oh, pink sweater i don't know and that's where it was stupid because they'd want you to like it a lot of times it seems so fake and Mm -hmm. stuff you know what i mean because they never wanted you to ask can i help you find anything yeah they never wanted you to ask that so they wanted you to start a conversation to make it more conversational yeah i get the idea of it but a lot of times it just came across bullshit because again i want to trust you you know what i mean if i don't trust you i'm not giving you my money i'm not doing anything and that's why we were talking before the podcast we were talking about future shop that's why future shop went out of business because people don't generally trust employees sales salesmen anymore you have to do so much for it the only reason car salesmen are still a thing is because they're they they literally have to be you know what i mean if i could buy a car and never deal with a salesman i would but to go there i have to have someone take me around the lot and show me the cars yeah we don't trust and at least build the trust to at least let you drive it as well too and yeah. also things are so polarizing nowadays it's easier than ever to lose trust with someone mm-hmm. i can say one wrong thing and next thing i know Gone. you don't trust me uh, you don't even trust my business anymore yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. and so yeah trust i love when that happens you're just like oh fuck where the hell making was I good going points yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I want to go back and like, what's been the training process for this wrestling? Because that's yeah. something that I've never heard of, or not heard of, but like never actually seen anybody yeah. like the proper training for wrestling. So what's like the techniques and how you learn all that stuff? Like, basically, you start off learning how to roll and bump because that's the most basic stuff. Yeah. How to roll because everything you do comes from a roll, and then how to bump. Okay, what's a roll? A roll is just literally just like a front roll. You okay, know yeah, a front yeah. roll. Um, and then a bump is the classic, like how we fall, fall. falling with style, basically. Yeah. Um, now, like flatbacks, I don't care who, like flatbacks just suck. Like flatback bump is the first thing you're going to do because that will determine if you can do wrestling or not. Yeah. WWE people have talked about how they have these college athletes, badass college athletes, take one bump and they're like, fuck this, not for me. Yeah. Because it's the only time where you 
fall back, don't look, and do not put your hands back to catch yeah. yourself. Because if you do, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. It's the only time where as a human, you're taught, fall backwards. You know what I yeah. mean? And so a lot of people, that idea, or they just can't wrap their heads around that, or if they do it, doesn't feel great you know yeah. what i mean but once you hammer that once you can learn how to take a bump and how to do rolls then they go traditionally depends on where you go then they start leading you into more chain wrestling stuff like that because yeah. that's how a match is going to start then you slowly start learning you know start doing more rope spots and stuff kind of teaching you and this is how i learned anyways kind of teaching you in the way a match would go you know what I yeah, mean? yeah yeah so you kind of learn some rope spots then you learn you know a move or two they'll teach you a body slam or something mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then you know you'll just start hammering those basics for a while and then it's you know plugging and placing watching stuff and then eventually doing it but i trained at monster pro wrestling which was different than some places because monster pro wrestling was much more an intro to pro wrestling okay you would show up and you would do training um, for about two-ish months, and then he would put you in a match. But the thing is, so at somewhere like Top Talent, one of the other fantastic training facilities, they much more train you hard for three months, so that way once you're done after that three months, you could just go off into the world and wrestle. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they've taught you so much stuff that you can just go. Whereas with MPW, after three months, I've learned how to wrestle one match. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I've at least wrestled a match. Whereas top talent, when you leave somewhere like there, you are much better, much overall, way more trained yeah. to just go out into the world. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. That being said, then you're just going out to random companies and stuff like that. Whereas and saying like, hey, I have this training. Hey, I was trained. Like so then you would reach out to RCW or one yeah. of the other companies, PPW down left, and say, hey, I was trained by top talent. I just finished my training. Do you have a spot for me? Yeah. That's how they do it, and that's that's the way it goes now. You know, that's much more the traditional way. Yeah. Whereas MPW kind of brings you in, and you do some train. Oh, the training just wasn't that great. But then you eventually learn how to do a match. Yeah. Now then from there, you basically learn how to do it through matches, because the next month you're doing another match. Yeah. So then you learn, you kind of train and learn what you want to do there. I'm not saying Monster Pro Wrestling's the best training. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I don't know, I don't care. Anyone starting out pro wrestling in Alberta, go to Top Talent. Okay. Go to Top Talent yeah. Pro Wrestling. Your buddy Emmett Donnan, that's where he's training. Yeah, so if you're starting if out. If you were starting out as a pro wrestler, go to Top Talent. I went up through NPW and it worked for me, but for pretty much everyone else, yeah. if you have the choice, spend the extra money, go to Top Talent. You will be, after three months of training there, you will be better than I was after a year. You know uh, what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, you'll just sure, know yeah. so much more. But that being said, MPW is much more an intro because you would show up once a month and you would do a show and they would be, this is how a show is supposed to work. Yeah. It's supposed to be everyone shows up at 3.30. Mm -hmm. Reality, roads happen, traffic happens, people yeah. don't show up till 6 o'clock sometimes. You got guys showing up at 6.30, show starts at 7. And you got to put a match together in oh, half an hour. Okay. Holy crap. Whereas at MPW, that's not a thing. Everyone shows up at 3.30. You've been working on your match for, you've been planning stuff out for an entire month yeah. leading up to that. You know, you've been training, practicing moves that you want to try to do to your opponent for a month leading mm -hmm. up to that. So that way when you go, it's much more, this is how it goes. Yeah. Whereas, more structured to it. Whereas yeah. last week, for example, I thought I was wrestling a singles match, but then oh. it turns out it a half hour before the show, it becomes a triple threat match. Um, Whereas, like, that would never, ever happen in, in MPW. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So MPW's, like, got its, its thing because, again, it taught me 
intro to pro wrestling. And it taught a lot of guys how to, you know, the intro to pro wrestling. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's real as much. You know yeah. what I mean? It's very close. And again, it's a great way to start. I'm very happy with how I started. Yeah. But I do solidly say to anyone starting out now, go to Top Talent and you'll get a much better overall and a much Experience, more. Experience, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you okay, know what that's I mean? fair. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. Yeah, and then now it's just, you know, practicing moves, wrestling matches, yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like at this point, though, you're more on the. Like, granted, the, like, the, obviously the wrestling's one thing. You gotta be able to put on a good show. Yeah. But, like, and then one thing you realize with WWE, which is really big, it's outside the ring. It's the promotion. It's like yeah. this character that you're putting and on. And that's one thing I take a lot of pride in is because like being an independent wrestler, being an independent guy, like I don't have the platform that Finn Balor or Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins do. So yeah. they don't have to post the same content. They can post one picture a week and be one content. thing on their story. They don't have to create as much content because they've got millions of people tuning in to watch them. Yeah, whereas they have the WWE to do all that stuff. Whereas myself, yeah. as an independent wrestler, my platform is Instagram. So I have to constantly put stuff out there yeah. to make you want to tune in to me. Because yeah. I don't have a weekly TV show for you to tune in. Yeah. I am the weekly TV yeah. show. So I've got to put stuff out to make you want to come to shows. Yeah. Make you want to click on my story every time you mm-hmm. see it. Make you want to do stuff. So that's, with me, I take a lot of pride in really trying to do that because at the end of the day, that's what's putting me out there. That's getting myself out there. Yeah. I could be sitting wrestling the best matches, and if I'm not putting anything out there for social Nobody's media, if no one's about knowing you. about it, doesn't yeah. matter. People always talk about, and a big thing they talk about in wrestling now is like, you can do moves, great, but do you have a personality behind it? Yeah. Why are you doing the moves? Do I care about you as a person? And that's where I try. I might, and I'll say, I'm not the best at doing the moves, yeah. but I really pride myself on trying to get that reaction Promotion, out of people. Yeah. Whether it's getting people to hate me or like me or want to see me do whatever. Yeah. Liking that I'm, I can play that character who has no concern out there, which everyone wants to be. Everyone wants mm. to be that person who has no concern. So I can go out there and play that really, really well, yeah. get people to buy into you, get into my social media. Hopefully I can get that all built up bigger so that way I can go down, yeah. present myself as a bigger package. Hey, I have this following. I have this following. I can post something on there. It'll be seen by X number of people. Yeah. Bring me in. Let's yeah. do this. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's a big thing that I've come to realize with my podcast, especially where it's just like, you put yourself out there, you have this following, but at the end of the day, it's like, you're going to have to put out like 10, 20 posts to get like one view from one person, right? Because even like for yourself, for example, me, I follow you on Instagram. You are so fucking entertaining. Thank I you, love thank it. Thank you. At NastyNXN. Check me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, but for me, I've only watched maybe like one or two of your matches, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very small percentage, mm-hmm. but it's like, I know who you are but and you I follow you as a person. stuff out there because that one time you come... That's that's twenty bucks you're spending exactly, on your pocket. Yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. You yeah. just gotta keep putting that out there. And there's been times where you want it, you, you know, you, you wanna check out or something, but then you hear like you were telling me earlier about your buddies loving it, and I'm like, that's so rewarding and like yeah. shit, thank you. Because again, like it's like, oh, it's 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 working, it's paying off. And you get the instant yeah. feedback and stuff, but again, like do stuff. I don't get so many of these wrestlers out there. This might get me some heat. The only content they create, <laughs> the only content they post or create yeah. is the match card that RCW posts. Oh, so my girlfriend so like reposts that. My girlfriend yeah. runs the RCW Instagram. Yeah. And so they post the match cards. And every day, so like today, they have a show in Medicine Hat. She posted all the Medicine Hat match cards, tags the wrestlers, and says, who do you think will win? And the fans can vote. Yeah. Little interaction, yeah, right? Yeah. Boost that interaction, engagement. But again, the thing I think is so funny is a lot of these wrestlers the only content they create is that. Is so they're not even creating they're not content. Even creating it, yeah. They're just they're just reposting stuff. And I'm like, man, like 
You don't have you get that excitement. You get the people excited. Like, why? What are you doing? You know what I mean? I understand not everyone's like comfortable putting themselves out there, but then I'm just like, well, like get comfortable because that's what this business is. That's what it is. You have to do. We're entertainers who put ourselves out there. Who you know what I mean? We're larger than life. We're we're trying to get people invested in us. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a side tangent. That's just a side thing where I'm like, what are you? Oh yeah, I'm 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 serious. I'm gonna go places. Yeah. But you put nothing out. No one knows you exist. And yeah. how are you not gonna be able to do it on social media? But then that big a quote unquote do it when you're big in the future exactly. if you really want to. Right? Exactly. You gotta be able to do it when nobody's following Bro, you. Seth Rollins can get away with only sharing the match card because he's on WWE and he's filming yeah. stuff in WWE. But the thing is, though, We're he probably went through that, that whole stage exactly. of trying to that you don't We're notice now. We're trying to get now. people to want to tune into us. Yeah, so that's exactly. a side thing. Yeah. What was the origin of Nasty Nate Nixon? Where did this character come from? Uh, so it was originally, it was originally Nate Nicholson. Okay. Nate Nicholson. Yeah. Was what I had said, um, because alliteration is the way to go in wrestling, apparently. Um, and yeah, it was originally Nate Nicholson, and I knew, I don't, I don't even know where the nasty came from. To be honest, I think maybe in a training drill or something. I spit on my hand or something, and someone's like, oh, that's nasty or something. No, it started with Nasty Nate. That's where it started from. I got Nasty Nate first. I I don't know where the nasty came from, but I got Nasty Nate first, and then I was like, okay, well, I need a last name. So I said Nasty Nate Nicholson. Was what uh, I was originally gonna do. Nasty Nate Nicholson. Because oh, oh. my thinking was like they can chant Nicholson in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I talked massive damage. My trainer at the time, when I told him that, he's like, "That's okay. We got to make it shorter. Nicholson's too long." Yeah, like, you want really? And he just sat there for a sec, and I picked up this tick from him. I hate myself that I do it, but I do it. This massive mm. damage. He sits there with mm. his beard when he's really stressed out, and he goes like this. Interesting. And he goes like yeah. that. And oh hair, gross. <laughs> I spent <laughs> I spent so much time with him. Yeah. Cause I was basically I was all, like running that company with him for a bit. I spent so much time with him that I started to do it. Oh shit. And yeah. so I now literally will sit there and do this when I'm stressed out or when I'm nervous or like yeah. before matches, I'll sit there doing this and I have other MPW guys coming like, oh a little massive over here. I'm like, shut up! Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> But like I I I bite my nails and that's yeah. disgusting. So I'm trying not to do that. Yeah. But I'm you know so I'm it's trying a to different find something thing you're doing. Do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so anyways, so he goes over, he sits down and he just does this for a minute. Nixon. And I was like, oh. what? Like, Nasty Nate Nixon. And at first, at first, I was like, Nah, Nicholson. Yeah. But I like thought about it for a couple minutes and I was like, shit, he's right. Nasty Nate Nixon just sounds yeah. better than Nicholson. It comes you know off I mean? so smooth. It just rolls yeah. off so smooth. And so there we go. And then that was just it. I was very lucky to have a name picked out pretty early. And I had an idea. Like, I, I had an idea of my style. Like, I described Nasty Nate as Conor McGregor and Kanye West in one. <laughs> That's the way I always try to think of and approach it. In the sense that, like, he's so loud, awful. Who up, this guy? Yeah. But at the same time just psycho and wild and fashionable like Kanye. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, that's so So funny. that's like, that's like always been my, and like when I first started wrestling, I didn't have proper wrestling boots, but I had like these high top shoes I was yeah. wearing that were like Kanye's. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was like my whole thing. Why I do like a lot of the gold, leopard print, crazy stuff like yeah. that. Because I'm like high fashion, badass loudness of McGregor with just Kanye, loud yeah. ass of bashingness. Oh, you know what shit. I mean? And yeah, so yeah. that's always what I try to like, 
keep in mind when I'm doing stuff, when I'm getting gear made or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kanye and, and that's the best. That's the way I describe Kanye it. Kanye so like, and McGregor. Describe your character. That's describe awesome. Nasty Nate. If Kanye West and Conor McGregor were one. And well, see, like, and that's oh, the thing. Like, fuck that that's guy. like you. Like McGregor showed how important it is the out of the fight. Right, the so promotion much. of the everything. Promotion of it. Like, him versus so Mayweather. Much. Him versus Mayweather was that was pro wrestling. Yeah, that was pro wrestling. They were just cutting pro wrestling promos. Yeah. I'm gonna kick your ass. Literally, that's so fucking stuff, funny. But it was so hype, and read. it was a spectacle, and I wanted to see it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It was wild. Well, and like years after, like even now, like I come across McGregor like fucking chirping videos. Yeah. so much. I barely see his videos of him no, fighting. Because the reason he gets paid. Fighting now, this is a side note for McGregor and fighters in general, it's hard to wake up and get punched in the face when you're waking up in silk sheets. Yeah. So once you get proper 12 and some things like that, it's a lot harder to wake up in the morning and get Absolutely. punched in the face. Yeah, you, get you know what I mean? Well, even just like you look at like NFL players. Like obviously, once they get that big paycheck, they don't have that initial, uh, the drive. The to ones get that do keep going. That's when you're like, oh, these are the, the Tom Brady's. Those exactly. are those yeah, But like yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like I feel like a lot of these players just need to get to the you league. Get your Zeke Elliott from Dallas who yeah. signs a big contract years early and then just falls off He's real like, quick. Yeah, what's, like, the point oh, of, what's the point? What's the point of training? Drop well, the bag. Million exactly. Dollars. Okay, you said Bengals. Yeah. Let's hear this. Okay, so this is my Bengals story. So yeah. I'm a big Bengals fan. Let me go off about this. So the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Pretty fantastic. So I've been a fan of the Bengals since 2001. Uh, since Madden 01. I was eight years old at the time, so I, was, I think it was All 2003. Right, Peter, your yeah, soul. Right? Oh, it's been miserable. <laughs> but the reason why was I was playing Madden 01 at my – we were in Manitoba at my cousin, my grandpa's house, and his – it's like my step – my step – Grands, his step son, whatever. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah. we'll call him my cousin for the time being. We're at my cousin's house, my uh, and I'm playing Madden 01. He's not there, and I'm playing Madden 01. I'm scrolling through, finding the jerseys, looking at the teams, and they show you the jerseys. And I'm eight years old at the time, right? So I don't know anything, and I'm flipping through, and eventually I see this team that has tiger jerseys. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, little eight year old me is like, sick. Fuck tigers, yeah, mine. <laughs> this team has to be good. They have tigers on their jerseys. Little yeah. did I know. Oh fuck! You just had twenty years of stress. My are man. not good at all, any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But yeah. So then, since then, I just like like the Bengals, and I played the crap out of them. I like the Bengals and the Packers. Packers because Edmonton Eskimos. They yeah, look like Eskimos. Yeah. But yeah, I would always play. Oh, as, I, oh the, the Elks. You can't say. Sorry, that. yeah, my apologies. The Elks. Podcast yeah, is now canceled. Elks. Yeah, But but yeah yeah. So there's that, and then so. I've always liked the Bengals, and it's been miserable. And like following NFL, you know, being from Canada, I don't have a geographical team. So whenever someone asked, it was Bengals and Niners. Niners is a different reason. My uncle gave me like two jerseys for them, but I didn't really like the Niners. I yeah. just liked him because he gave me the jersey. Fair. Now they've been sick, so I'm like, yeah, I like the Niners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah conveniently. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Bengals. And then, so fast forward to this, to now, I have a buddy who I went to high school with named Josh Healy. Josh Healy, uh, played hockey josh healy went to ohio state oh. and played hockey for ohio state yeah joe burrow the quarterback of the cincinnati Bengals, who just played in the super bowl this yeah. year also went to ohio state okay him and josh healy were roommates for one year no fucking way eh? uh joe burrow after that one year transfers to lsu where he goes on to have the literal single greatest season any college quarterback has ever had, period. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow then gets drafted by the Bengals, my favorite unfortunate team, yeah. unfortunately favorite team. 
shatters his ACL last year, <sighs> shatters so his knee, for him, man. comes so back, bad. gets sacked the most out of anyone in the league, and goes to the Super Bowl. Joe Burr. So basically, when you think about it, my buddy Josh Healy, who has come and watched me wrestle in the yeah. last, like a, a year, a couple years ago, my buddy Josh Healy is friends with Joe Burrow. Uh, so when you think shit. about it, I'm best friends with NFL Super Bowl quarterback Joe Burrow. <laughs> Logic. So I like, love that logic right basically, there. Basically, I'm so holding Joe, Joe Burrow on my podcast. Then. I mean, hey, I, I want to rush him. He's, you know, he's thinking about the offseason. You know, we'll talk eventually. Big, you dick, know. big dick but Joe. Like, yeah. yeah, so that's basically. Yeah, like how does he weird... explain like Joe Burrow and like how was he in university? I honestly, so I haven't, I haven't hung out with Josh Healy. Yeah. Since Joe Burrow, oh, since he had his big year, you shit, know, what I mean? so the last yeah. time I saw Josh Healy was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, or no, it was like two years ago. Um, at a, it was before COVID. Yeah. it was at a wrestling show before COVID. Yeah, when you so, actually had so, friends and stuff. Yeah, like exactly, that, and stuff like that. Was COVID, yeah. So Joe Burrow wasn't like as known as a thing. Like you know uh, what I mean? Like yeah. I'd seen it, and I'd seen it was more people, just like oh, that's he cool. posted a picture, just like it's just like a goofy college roommates, you know, them in their picture or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, and then you just click, and you're like, oh wait, what? That's whatever. And he posted something on his story being like, oh, shout out to the boy. Shout out to the homie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, what? So I don't actually fucking know him. I don't know how close Josh Healy actually <laughs> But it's fun to say. Yeah, through like absolutely. six degrees of separation. Yeah. Yeah, I know the guy who's in the Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, it's cool it's to like cool have those connections. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's cool as hell for my buddy Josh Healy who... Shout out to him as well. He's no slouch. He got drafted by the Flames, Ooh. the Calgary Flames, in the second or third round, I believe. Yeah. And now he's playing for their AHL team. Yeah. Um, Bop season. That's his thing. Hashtag Bop season. Bop season. SZN. He basically just posts videos of him crushing guys. Oh, really? He's not like, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not the biggest scorer. He's sick. He's like a George LaRock type player. Crushes guys. Yeah. As he crushes. Um, good guy, though. But, anyways, yeah. So that's my story about the Bengals. I love that. And why I'm basically, like, I basically know Joe Burrow. I fucking love it how just. Growing up, like, my buddy's the exact same way. He's, like, a fan of the Sharks and, like, the Ravens. Yeah. How weird. Just, like, something small like that can have such an impact later down in your life. Just, like, like for me, I'm a huge Utah Jazz fan. Oh, God. Who the fuck likes Utah right? Jazz in Alberta? Yeah. But for me, it was, I was into monster trucks. Yeah. And I liked basketball. Carl Malone had a monster truck. Oh, and it had basketballs in the wheels. I was like, that's really? fucking cool. I that's like that truck. wild. And then so I liked Carl Malone. So I looked up who he was. And, and so just that there, little thing. You're and like, then yeah, from there, like it them. was like, I really got into basketball. Yeah. And it was like, I love the Utah Jazz, oh, man. That's but wicked. just a little fucking thing yeah. like that, though, oh, man. That's like, awesome. You're Madden, yeah, all that stuff, Yeah, it's just the one thing. Oh, I just, so I like the jerseys. Weird. And then fast forward to now, the thing with my buddy. Yeah. You're just like, okay, well, it works out. Now I'm a Bengals fan. 20 years of stress paid off. Oh, man, I'm not going to What do you think of the Super Bowl? So I, I thought they had it. I thought I they thought fucking had it. Mentally, man. I prepared myself going into it. I prepared myself going into the Super Bowl of like the fact that they're here is amazing. Yeah. Like I just no one like his first no full year yeah. expected the Bengals no to be in the Super Bowl. So the fact that they were there and then they go down early. I'm like, oh god. And then they, and then they went up. Yeah. And I like, there was like I don't know seven minutes left, and I let the thought enter my brain of. Bengals might fucking win this thing. Yeah. Bengals might win this thing. The second that thought comes I in. I let though. that enter and then just, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, yes, it was heartbreaking, but it was also the thing of like, it wasn't even that heartbreaking because it was like, they were just so, it was such a Cinderella story to yeah. be there. They, they shouldn't also, have been there. And it was against the Rams. 
Rams. Like, my thing about that is I'm like, Rams, you shouldn't have let it be that close. Yeah. It should not. Like, Especially when they paid all that money to get the it, people They in. were so, like, the super team in L.A., mm-hmm. like, y'all should be embarrassed it was home, that close. Home stadium. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like so that was kind of my spin on. I'm like, man, go Bengals. Well, like, and, like, when you look at the Bengals, studs all across the board. Terrible fucking O-line. Oh, the Rams so have bad. probably the best D-line. So, so in just, my mind, I was like, I mean? well, he's getting fifth, sacked 15 he's times. Getting, you and know. even so, he's still, man. And like, the other thing about Joe Burrow is he's so likable. He's yes. so likable. Because again, his first yes. playoff game, he gets sacked, or his, the second playoff game, he gets sacked nine times. And he just gets back up every time. What do we like more? We As 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 audiences, we like a hero or a character that gets knocked down and keeps coming back. He's coming back we up. like that. And he and it doesn't phase him. He just keeps yeah. coming back up. And that's what we like. He's also got the swag, the style, like Joe yeah. Namath, where he's just showing up. He's confident. But it's like, it's not he's even like, like yeah, it's not even like, you get some people who are cocky and you're just but like, it's fuck not that. that. Yeah. It's like a weird, like, I fuck with this guy. Yeah, I fuck exactly, with this guy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's like, I remember like the picture of him smoking the cigar after. I'm yeah. Like, Any other person, I'd be like, what a fucking uh, douche. But him, I was like, like big shit. dick. Because he literally just had the greatest college quarterback season. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, respect. He's respect. such a good quarterback. Um, I, I, if I, do, you follow, do you have TikTok? Yeah. You should follow Trap House Sports. Okay. Um, they're, he's my favorite TikTok account. Go back and watch his NFL stuff. Basically, it's I don't watch sports highlights. Yeah. I watch t- Trap House Sports. Ooh, because yeah. literally, he's some black dude. And he just goes, he's like, hey, y'all, just a motherfucking game we got going on. <laughs> and he basically does highlights, super ghetto-like. Yeah. And it's so funny. And so the reason why Joe Burrow is called Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, yeah. is literally because of this guy. This oh. guy, so his TikToks, his his TikToks of the football seed games, he just does like, like AFC Championship highlights. And those videos get like four or five million views. Holy shit. And so literally earlier in the season, he started talk, calling Joe Burrow, Oh, Joe Burr, Joe Icy, <laughs> oh, Joe Burr. And he started yeah. selling shirts that were basically, it was like, it looked like Joe Burrow, but he didn't have the logo on it. Yeah. And then in the helmet, it looked like Daft Punk and it said Burr. Oh, and then he got shysty. So this guy literally like started all, like all these nicknames. Yeah. Joe, Jamar Chase, he calls him Jay Cheesy. Oh. Um, yo, what a fucking pickup Chase was. Right? Whole, I remember preseason, I was like, yo, Bengals so fucked up. I listened to all the podcasts. And... I listened to all of NFL sports podcast. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, I remember I literally remember them talking about like, oh yeah, like he can't catch, like he's dropping passes, blah 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 blah. Comes out and has literally the greatest rookie <sighs> season, NFL rookie season ever. Literally. Um ridiculous. Yeah, like the catch he made in Ramsey. Oh <sighs> Ramsey sucks. Oh, and the thing that's heartbreaking about like even more, I don't know, just seeing how like at the end, if Joe Burrow hadn't got sacked, he had Jamar Chase downfield wide, wide open, open. Jalen Ramsey beat. But whatever, it's what ifs. You can't think about that. You can't think about that. You well, know it what? was such like an unconventional fourth down where you just assumed they were going to get it. Yeah, and then, right? And then Aaron Donald got through, and you're like, <sighs> oh, well, the beast. But then, yo, honestly, like I was watching it. I was working. I was just watching it on, like, the online. And I saw Joe Burr kind of flick it. And I saw, like, I think it was Joe Mixon was there. I'm like, he's... He's gonna complete he's gonna, a backwards pass on yeah, fourth and like and whatever. And this not quite. dropped. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's fucking no, yeah, too much it was, to be true. Yeah, it was wild. And this NFL season was really like, like this was the first time I've really like I I sat down and watched multiple games. Like yeah. I watched every playoff game this year, yeah. and it helps that it was also like the most what good fucking ever. football. Like we watched, yeah, like. That one weekend where everything went to the to the final kickoff yeah. or to the final field goal was insane. Yeah. Um, but that's just also why I say so. Like with me, like. I the NFL is the best sport hands it down. Is. The NFL is the best sport. It is the most viewed thing. Every other sport at wrestling, people 
16 million people tune in for for a random NFL game. Yeah. AEW and WWE are like WWE on SmackDown Live, which is on Fox, syndicated in every household in America, gets like a rating of like two point one, two point five, and they're like, woo! Yeah. AEW hits like one point one, and they're like, woo! Yeah. NFL is hitting 16. NFL has like... Ridiculous. Like, it's just... It's crazy. And again, it's that thing of... It's urgency. It's once a week. So, like, you know, with my girlfriend, I can get her to sit down and watch. Yep. Every week, once a week, oh, she's Sunday. down to do that. You know what yep. I mean? Uh, my girlfriend's a bit of an anomaly because she's fantastic and down to watch stuff like that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I know It's not easier mean, yeah. for most people to just once a week sit down and watch something versus NBA, NHL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, especially like during the week, like on a Wednesday oh, night. It's I'm always so like, oh, well, I'm like, I gotta do this stuff. I gotta my work buddy, out. I've been wanting to go over and hang out with my buddy and watch a hockey game with him. But the thing is, I don't want to go at seven o'clock like it sounds yeah. maybe and i think that's part of the covid thing has made us much true. more home bodies yeah, much much more home bodies but like i don't want to go watch a game that starts at 7 30 for it to be over at 10 10 30 you know yeah what I mean? and then like, be like oh, well i'm getting home God. at 11 i'll be in bed by 12 you know what i mean like, just all that stuff and so whereas with the nfl even if they start a game at six o'clock on a sunday hey i'm home by 9 30 yeah. you know what i mean well, worst case scenario you're up you wake up at 10 a.m you sleep on sunday like Exactly. Oh, fuck, there's a game in an hour. Exactly. I mean, breakfast and go watch a game. I swear by it so much. And it's also the thing, like with the NFL, like players can get cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can get fired at your job. Yeah. If you have, if you go into good life and you have an absolute shit four weeks, they can fire you. Yeah. If absolutely. I go to Popeyes yeah. and I have a shit four weeks, they will fire me. Yeah. NBA, if you have a shit four weeks, keep getting paid. Nothing yeah. happens. Literally. It's like, oh, just wait till Keep playoffs. getting paid, whatever. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing. Um, where I, 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 on it, like, why the NBA has gone down so much. We're talking yeah. about, I love the sport of basketball, but I don't care about watching it yeah. because you have all these players getting paid so much money. It's not relatable. They're getting paid crazy amounts. Do they Stupid earn it? Sure. Enough. But it's amounts that like, like, you have Otto Porter making $44 million. Yeah. Who the hell's an Otto Porter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or like what? a bench. So a bench warm will get like five hundred seven fifty or 500000 a year, 750000 a year. And you're like, oh, that's nothing. But then when you think about it, you're like, yeah. you know, I would kill a motherfucker Connor for $500,000. Connor McDavid makes $12 million a year. And yeah. people are like, oh, he was selfish for taking too much. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Brother could yeah, be taking babe. 20. Like, yeah, what? Easily. What? And so like, yeah, that's just like. Yeah, I love the NFL. It is the best. Football's the best. I wish I had played football growing up. Yeah. Um, I love NFL so much. And it's just there's lots of things with the other sports that are just like I don't care. Oilers, man. Yeah. I hate Edmonton. Like I like I want to cheer for the Oilers, but I hate Edmonton and their fans. In the sense yeah, that fair. we're so one of the podcasts I listen to, Colin Cowherd, he's fantastic. I oh, recommend yeah, listening I like to Colin, him. Yeah. He talks about low sports self esteem cities. So Edmonton is a mixture of Edmonton is a combination of Cleveland and Miami of the NFL. <laughs> Hear me out. Cleveland in the sense that the city's fucking miserable. Yeah. No one wants to go there. Yeah. But because there's nothing going on, the people of Cleveland love, love. their team. Yeah. They love their team. Yeah. But we're also like Miami in the sense that we had some success a lot of years ago. Yeah. And now anytime we get anyone good or anyone we, we compare it to – the the yeah, 80s the so days. they compare it to dan marino and the glory years yeah we compare Connor mcdavid and dreisaitl to gretzky and messier yeah so anytime we get any remote success people are like it's the dynasty all yeah. over again it's happening it's, it's gretzky it's oh, we're on a five-game win streak you guys yeah and then when they lose because we're a low sports self-esteem city who people don't want to come here to play 
People don't want to come here because no. if I'm getting offered four million dollars to go to to go to Florida or five Ta- million dollars to Edmonton, free. I'm going to Florida. Yeah. Why do I want to live in the frozen tundra? Literally. You know what I mean? But then is also the thing of if I go on a four game losing streak in Florida, this is gonna sound bad. People don't care as much. Nobody gives a I'm shit. I'm not gonna have media. I'm not gonna yeah. have some asshole yeah. as I'm driving down the street. Fuck you. Fuck you, McDavid. Yeah, why didn't you score three goals last night? I yeah. remember this. Ryan Smith, the last his last year, the Oilers lost a game like eight two. Yeah. I was at the chiropractor, Dr. Kevin Watson, to, ri- walks in, Ryan Smith and his family. Oh. Crazy. Yeah. So they walk in. Turns out, we hear him talking, someone threw mustard and bologna on his SUV that night because they lost 8-2. To Ryan Smith. Smitty. Yeah. They did that to him. Like, I don't fall so hockey. Like, I know he's like a and treasure. So I'm like, and so I'm like, and so I'm like, and so I'm like, People want to say wrestling fans are the most toxic. I posted a thing on my story a couple days ago saying the Young Bucks said that wrestling wrestling has the most toxic fans in the world. UConn Jack retweeted they clearly never met Edmonton Oilers fans. Oh, I legitimately yeah. believe that because you have an, a treasure like that mm-hmm. who's like, you know, a kid, like an Edmonton Hall of Famer and they did that because he lost a game 8-2 where he's not even the goalie. Not even, yeah. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so again, why the hell would I want to come here and possibly have to deal with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's a national, like a treasure, treasure, like an icon in Edmonton. You know what I mean? And so that it's that thing of we're a low sports self-esteem. We have we had a little bit of success, and then we've had nothing for so long. I honestly believe the the cup run was one of the worst things to happen for this city. Yeah. Because we have no success for so long, and then when we do, we go straight to the cup. Yeah. And then it's no success again. So now when they go when they lose in the second round of the playoffs, people don't recognize that that's like really solid to do that's good like, losing yeah. in the second round in game seven is like like that's a good season yeah especially be- when you've had nothing for so long but because the last time they had success was a cup run and the last time before that was winning the stanley cup there's so people are so like obsessed and yeah, like uh, and again in edmonton especially whereas at least cleveland they have other they have the the cavaliers yeah edmonton we have nothing so we're also like the riders fans of the cfl yeah. in the sense that we have nothing else going on to take our attention off of. So people get so into it and it makes players like don't not want to play here because like, oh my God, people are like, bro, we lost 8-2. I shouldn't have to clean bologna and mustard off my car. Literally, especially after I gave you so many years of my life. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Well, I I think it's like a good comparison would be like New York versus Brooklyn in the NBA. Like nobody wants to go play for the Knicks because of all the pressure. It's like, why would I go? Like, granted, it'd be nice to play in like that area. Apparently, like we're like, and they, they, they well, yeah, say if you can, if like you that, can be but... the guy who makes the Knicks good, you're a god. Just like, you know, if you can be the guy who makes the Oilers good, you're a god. But at the end of the day, the Knicks and the Oilers are so front office damaged and awful yeah. that it, we literally have Connor McDavid, the greatest player since Crosby. You have two MVPs he, on your team. And he can't make it better. Yeah. It's because the front office is, it's uh, this is just, all my sports theories are coming out. Starts at the top with ownership. Yeah. Look at the best, most successful teams. They have damn good fucking owners. Yeah. Robert Kraft Robert of the Kraft. Patriots. Amazing. Uh, 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 Tampa Bay, who won last year. Yeah. LA Rams. There's a famous story about how the LA Rams owner is the reason they got Matt Stafford. The coach and the GM wanted him really bad. They got on the phone with him and they're like, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. He's big money. Let's do it now. Yeah. Pull the trigger. Do it. Yeah. Whereas with us, you have Daryl Cates. Daryl Cates doesn't give a shit and he's is like weird and is not invested. Point, yeah. And it's known that like the year we drafted Neil Yakupov, 
he wanted to draft Nail Yakupov. Oh, and at the end of the yeah. day, what the owner says goes. goes. Yep. Doesn't matter. And so we have to draft Nail Yakupov. Where's Nail Yakupov now? Out the league. Yeah, I don't even know where he is, man. Exactly. And so it's that thing of like, the Oilers are so flawed, so high up, that for me, I personally, like, I don't care about them anymore. I, my buddy called me a Fairweather fan because I'm like, you know what? Talk to, I'll check back in when they're actually winning. Yeah. Because in wrestling, we call people a mark. You're a, mm. a mark is a dumb fan. A, it comes from the saying. It comes from the circus days, the carnival days, yeah. where you would show up at the carnival and basically, I would do a magic trick for you, a yeah. very basic one. And if you were all, whoa, that's crazy, I'd go. I would have chalk on my hand and I'd say, awesome man, have a good time, go see my friend over there, and that would leave a chalk oh, mark on your head. Okay. That would let all the other booth people know, oh, this guy's easily fooled. This guy's a mark. I can trick him with whatever my game is, yeah. and I can work him. So that's where that comes from. Oh, shit. So eh? with me, I don't want to be a mark and fall for the Oilers always losing. Yeah. I'm not a mark who's going to be easily fooled into thinking, this year's going to be the year. Yeah. This year's going to be the It's not. They're just bad. They are so flawed in so many ways. So I, like, this is how I put it, I'm done being a mark for the Oilers. Yeah. And I'm going to wait until they're actually... That's like even this year when they were winning. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Then they go on a losing streak. And everyone's like, oh, the sky is falling. But it's like, bro, you can't like... You're going to lose some games. It's an 82-game yeah. season. You know what I mean? You have your ups and downs in the league. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's just like... Yeah, I'm not a mark. I'm not I'm done being a mark for the Oilers. Yeah. And I also just think everyone who is is just fascinating. Like I have buddies who are like, oh, no, man. This is the year. Yeah, this is the year. The year. And... Because I've listened to more sports podcasts and learned more about other sports, it's given me more knowledge about this where I'm like, okay, so like the thing of last year, Mike Smith had a crazy good year for a 41-year-old. Yeah. They brought him back. So you're telling Expecting me... Expecting him to do it again. <laughs> he had a wild-ass one-off year. Yeah. But like, but that just shows bad ownership, bad GMing. You know what I mean? Because if you have a good owner who can yeah. see that and recognize that and say, no, GM, we are not coming back with Mike Smith as our GM yeah. or as our goalie. Get a new one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that just shows how flawed the organization is. And it's like, well, if we're seeing, if we're recognizing yeah. this, fuck this. I'm not getting my money. So anyways, yeah, that's just, I don't care about hockey or I don't like the Oilers. I, I wish I liked hockey because I do. Hockey, in my opinion, is a, one of the best sports. Yeah. It's just hard to... Give a shit when your local team is so bad, you know? So bad, yeah. man. And it's just like all this money being put into it. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just a terrible organization. Like well, said, it's so expensive, right? Like they build so this expensive. new arena. And like that's all, that's the crazy thing with the Rams, right? They built this new arena. They spent yeah. all this money. But they made sure that they the were going to be good for this year in the new yeah, arena. They knew that they wanted to be the Super Bowl and they were going to invest exactly. all their money into it. I literally that. have not watched a new hockey game at the new arena and have mm -hmm. no intention of it. I will, if I get offered free tickets, I will go, but I'm not paying money. I'm not paying money uh, to like an organization. It's like $12 beers or $14 beers, whatever it is. It's like, what the It's just stupid. See, and that's what like, the Atlanta Falcons they were doing is when they built their huge new stadium. The biggest thing was we want to be user friendly, so the free Wi Fi, yeah. and then they're giving out like cheap yeah, drinks and that. cheap they're food deals and, and stuff like stuff. that because they yeah. want you to come in. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with here, the Oilers know they're the only gig in town, right? Whereas in they Atlanta, know they can charge that other much. stuff. Yeah. Whereas, and then so that's just like kind of my like pushback of as a consumer, yeah. where I'm like, as a, and as and at the end of the day, fans pay the bills for all these sports. Yeah. So I'm making my thing with my money. I haven't bought any of their merch. It doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. No, 
but I hope that more people will eventually get into that. But that's the thing with a low sports self-esteem like Edmonton, where Daryl Cates is printing cash. Yeah. We have nothing else to get invested in. That's exactly. why LA has to bust their ass and do everything to make the Rams good. Because if you don't, fuck, I'm going to go watch the Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, yeah. anyone else. Well, I feel like at I mean? the end of the day, it's like, do you really trust the owner if like, they're sitting there when building a new stadium or arena <laughs> being like, hey, if the city doesn't give me $40 million to build this new arena, I'll just I'm go out here. It's like... What? I remember my dad was like, okay, go then. Yeah. Like, go. If you really don't care about them, just fucking but take again, the But again, the rest of the city, there's nothing going on nothing here. And that's our on. only identity to the international community slash exactly. scene. So it's well, like, it's whoa, like, we have, the, like we have the Elks, but it's like, that's Canadian. CFL doesn't care. It, CFL doesn't matter. It, CFL yeah. Doesn't like, it's like, not as big as the NFL. Like, even CFL for myself. CFL's a joke. I, <sighs> I, last year. I, terrible. I think this year will be a, a year on the up and up for them. Yeah. Because, like, so... They brought that new guy. The in. CFL, yeah. the, the they were asking what the Elks were great when I was in school. That was the last year they won the Grey Cup. Yeah, and that was awesome because they had Chris Jones, who's like kind of like a Bill Belichick of yeah, the CFL. CFL yeah. Ed Hervey was the GM, yeah. former wide receiver, but they fired them after that year. And that, for me as a fan, I was like, wait. So you have these guys that are making this like an NFL team, making it more legit, yeah. care about winning. They got fired because they didn't want to let the media in the dressing rooms after games because they was restricting access. Yeah. So to me, I go, oh, so you don't care about winning as an organization. Yeah. I don't care about you anymore because exactly. at the end of the day, that's all I want. Yeah. He just wins. And then this season was so bad. It's terrible. And the other thing was they didn't have a quarterback, right? Terrible. And if you year. don't have, if, if you have a good quarterback even if you're bad it's at least fun to watch exactly they yeah. weren't even fun to watch no. this year my girlfriend's family has season tickets yeah. and they went to many a miserable game yeah but now this year they brought back that chris jones guy and they brought back a bunch of players so now i as a fan see that i'm like shit yeah they care about winning again yeah. and i think Maybe like, i'll go to a game with the boys yeah. and i think like those big with like when they transition the name my buddy could talk about it. he's yeah. a huge like huge eskimos fan yeah and like you're just like when they transitioned this name they got rid of the tradition. They went down a different path. And that was what kept all these fans is like the tradition of the Eskimos, yeah. the glory days, even like recently how good they've been, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like when they went to the Elks, it was like, let's forget about all that stuff. Let's go on this new path. Yeah. Right. And like for me, it was just like like we were thinking about getting season tickets. And I was like, eh, nah, I don't want to get them. Thankfully, I did not last yeah. year. And it's just like now – They've kind of gone back to the double E, and, that, and that's the and thing. I love yeah, that. They're embracing. And the again, tradition. You have the double E. Don't worry. Yeah. I didn't think the antlers on the helmet was like a sick design. Yeah. But like you don't need to get rid of the double E. No, like, that was the whole concept of yeah, keeping yeah. the Elks and was so, the double but that's E. That's smart because if you follow on Twitter now, they're definitely going back to that. They're posting. I don't. They're they're doing some sort of new uniform yeah. unveiling, and so they've been posting pictures of like. A helmet from the '60s, yeah. and they're talking about oh the double. Well, they revealed it now. Oh, they did reveal they did it. Re it oh, looks okay, fucking okay, nice. Awesome. Actually, look that up. Nice. But yeah, and like, so for them, I'm just like, cool. At least they're do they're doing stuff again. You yeah, know what I mean? they're again. interacting, getting people interested, and like they. I bought season tickets. Me That's awesome. Like, like 140, 150 dollars for season tickets. I was like, it's not bad at all. Honestly, That's if I go to four wild. games, I'm like, yeah. That's a fucking good deal. And, and like, and so, and, and that's the thing. Where it's like the Elks. I'm not going to watch. Like, I'm not going to watch great football. I'm going for the experience. It's, it's just the like when people come to an independent wrestling show. Like, they're not coming to watch the best quality wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, we want to give them the best quality wrestling we can. Yeah. They're coming for the experience of going to a live event and stuff. If people want exactly. to watch the best wrestling, they can go online and find New Japan. Yeah. They can watch the best technical yeah. wrestling. But when they come to our event or they go to an Elks event, 
if they want the best quality football, they can watch the NFL. But when they yeah. go, they're going because they want the live experience. They want exactly. the popcorn. They want to boo. They want yeah. the everything. They want to get drunk with their buddies. Exactly. They want to have fun. But when the Elks were so bad last year, like so bad, the it was just like, I don't even like. Well, I remember like, no. we, we went to the game. And, I think we just went to one game this year. And we went to fucking top. And we. We were on mushrooms and shit like that. And it's like, we weren't even watching the game. No! We were just sitting just there, there talking. And then just... Again, you were there for the Oh, experience. there's a game still. Yeah. Going. What the fuck? And so we watch a minute and like, oh, three and out. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're bad. We're bad. They're like, bad. Terrible football. Terrible yeah. football. But anyways, man. I think it's time to wrap this motherfucker Yeah, sorry. Up. We were going off and all. Holy I had a shit, lot of fun, man. man. This was a blast. The Thank blast, you very, man. Very that was so much time fun. Time flew by. Any uh, final well. remarks for Nasty Nate Nixon? Uh, check me out on Pro Wrestling Tees at Nasty Nate Nixon. Uh, YouTube, Nasty NXN. Um, Instagram, Nasty NXN. TikTok, too. I post on there, Nasty NXN. All the same branding across all the boys. And uh, come support me live. We're uh, in Edmonton every Saturday. Uh, Real Canadian Wrestling at the Norwood Legion. A stone's throw away. Ooh. Literally, one big football, Ricky Ray football throw yeah. away from Commonwealth. Oh, that's the one right Legion. there, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, shit, literally, yeah, yeah, literally right there. And then we run Calgary on Fridays. Um, I'm going to be doing some events. I'm going to be in Winnipeg April 15th for WPW. I'm going to be working with Can-Am Wrestling March 17th and 18th and 24th and 25th. So I've got a bunch of dates coming up. Basically, just follow me on social media, please and thank you. And check this guy out. He's pretty solid and a good hang, too. You betcha, Actually, fam. maybe I take that back. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, say follow Nasty Nate Nixon, yo. It's entertaining as fuck to follow thank you, you, bro. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you coming thank on. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Off the Dome. I hope you guys had an absolute blast listening to this podcast. And just a reminder that if you do like this podcast which i know you do please like and subscribe as it would go a long way in helping the algorithm reach as many people as possible it would be greatly appreciated but as always thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and stay tuned for new content dropping weekly along with content on my youtube channel which you can find at our youtube page escape reality the link will be in the bio But without further ado, I will shut up so you beautiful humans can enjoy the rest of the day without me in your ear. Peace and love, y'all. Escape reality with Matt Z. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent.